To frame today's devotional, I want to talk a little bit about stories. So one of the biggest opportunities of the pandemic, there haven't been a lot, but I have had a lot more time to read, which is one of my favorite pastimes. And I think the reason that I enjoy it so much is because stories give me windows into empathy, windows into another person's perspective. The biblical scholar and translator Eugene Peterson calls stories verbal acts of hospitality. And I think that's true. I think stories have a lot to offer us. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to read three different stories. And they're not going to be exactly like the Bible presents them. It's going to have a little bit of my own perspective, my own imagination as the storyteller on these stories. And so I want to give you permission. If you find yourself disagreeing, it's okay to disagree with me. Um, and it's okay to take your own interpretation of these stories and to use your own imagination in them. So today we're going to listen to some stories. I'm going to start by framing this discussion um, using the devotional, uh, The Divine Hours by Phyllis Tickle. It's something that Kennedy and I read occasionally, and it's essentially a, a daily liturgy. And there's a common refrain that occurs in each day. So today's refrain comes from Psalm 118, verse 22. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And we're going to say that today after each scripture that we read, and I invite you to say that along with me.
trumpet sounds Oh, may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless to stand before the throne Christ first story is 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, the story of Naaman the Syrian. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him Yahweh the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my Lord were with the prophet who's in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his Lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, go then and I will sing, send a letter to the king of Israel. And now I skip to verse 10, when Naaman meets the prophet Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to Naaman, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned around and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, Wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God, Elisha. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives whom I serve, I will accept nothing. Then Naaman said, If not, please let two mule loads of earth be given to your servant. For your servant will no longer offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any God except the Lord Yahweh. But may the Lord pardon your servant Naaman on one count. When my master, the king of Syria, goes into the house of Ramon to worship there, leaning on my arm, and I bow down in the house of Ramon, when I do bow down in the house of Ramon, may the Lord Yahweh pardon your servant on this one count. Elisha said to Naaman, Go in peace. And now, Mosaic, our refrain. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. 
I think two stones that were rejected in this story. The first is that really Naaman the Syrian is saved through the actions of his slave girl. A young woman who's not named, she doesn't have any social power or political power, and yet she is the one who redeems Naaman, who shows him indirectly who the Lord God is. And so she's really the primary actor in this story in some ways. The second stone that I think was rejected is that Naaman goes into the house of an idol. His master, the king of Syria, leaning on his arm for the king to worship there. And Naaman goes with him. But he says to Elisha, even though I'm worshiping with my master in the house of an idol, I still serve the Lord. So I think Naaman is rejecting a different kind of stone, a different kind of cornerstone. And this one should be rejected. Now we're going to um, sing a song together and worship. When the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me was another in the waters holding back the seas and should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me there is another in the fire oh there is another
There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all these things unseen and this reckoning. And I know I will never be alone. Yes, this I know. I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another in the waters holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding how good you've been to me? I'll count the joy coming. second story is the story of Hezekiah. And this actually comes in two different books. The first part of the story is 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, Hezekiah opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and Levites and assembled them in the square on the east. He said to them, listen to me, Levites, Sanctify yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and carry out the filth from the holy place. For our ancestors have been unfaithful, and they've done what is evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him, and they've turned away their faces from the dwelling of the Lord and turned their backs. They also shut the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps, and have not offered incense or made burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel." Therefore, the wrath of the Lord came upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of horror, of astonishment, and of hissing, as you see with your own eyes. Our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not now be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you, to stand in his presence to minister to him and to be his ministers and to make offerings to him. The rest of this chapter talks of the Israelites cleansing the temple. 
and it ends with this verse. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because of what God had done for the people. Now, that is the official chronicle of the story of Hosea. It's told by the officials who are essentially keeping the history of the nation of Israel. However, the prophets tell a slightly different story. The prophet Micah was thought to be operating in the time period of Hezekiah, and he has a different perspective. I'll be reading from Micah 6, and I'll read most of the chapter, but I'm going to take it slightly out of order. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. And then the Lord speaks. O my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, re remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam son of Baor answered him, what happened to Shittim, to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. Now I skip to verse 9. The voice of the Lord cries to the city, It is sound wisdom to fear God's name. And then God speaks again. Hear, O tribe and assembly of the city, can I forget the treasures of the wickedness in the house of the wicked and the scant measure that is accursed? Can I tolerate wicked scales and a bag of dishonest weights? Your wealthy are full of violence. Your inhabitants speak lies with tongues of deceit in their mouths. Therefore, I have begun to strike you down, making you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat, but not be satisfied. There will be a gnawing hunger within you. You shall put away, but not save. And what you save, I will hand over to the sword. You shall sow, but not reap. You shall tread olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil. You shall tread grapes, but not drink wine. For you have kept the statues of Omri and all the works of the house of Ahab, and you've followed their counsels. Therefore, I will make you a desolation, and your inhabitants an object of hissing. So you shall bear the scorn of my people. And now I'll move back to verse 6. God is speaking once again. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? The Lord has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And now our refrain. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The stone that was rejected in this story I think, is the official narrative. You see, the narrative that Hezekiah's scribes are writing is not the same narrative as God's narrative. And the concerns of Hezekiah with 
the purity of the temple and the sanctity of the burnt offerings, those are not God's concerns. God's concerns are to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. third story comes from the Gospels of John and also Luke. This is the story of Lazarus from John chapter 11. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her mother, sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus did love Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now I'll jump back to Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus is telling a parable. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. 
the poor man died and he was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was being tormented. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. The rich man then said, Father, then I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Abraham said, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone raises from the dead. Now I'll turn back to John to finish the story of Lazarus. Verse 38, Jesus is now in Bethany with Mary and Martha. Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb of Lazarus. It was a cave and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, there's already a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Later in John, in chapter 12, verse 9, When the great crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. And now, our refrain. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. God's kingdom is in many ways a reversal of our current contemporary socioeconomic order. We live in a world where the rich are the powerful and they have good things and they continue to accrue those good things. The prophet Micah, whom we read earlier, was writing in a very similar cultural situation where the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. So Jesus comes as the cornerstone that was rejected and upends this order. Lazarus is the one who has post-mortem um, 
life and good things. And it's the rich who are in Hades or Gehenna, or as we call it today, hell. And this is the only time that I'm aware of in the Gospels where Jesus names a character in his parable. So to me, it sounds as if Jesus means for this parable to reach Lazarus, who is still ill in Bethany. He says this parable saying, Lazarus, you may be in pain now. You may be covered in sores from your illness, but good things are coming. I will reverse the order. In fact, I will even reverse death, Jesus says. So, in 2021, so far, these stories have brought me comfort. I know that the official story is not always God's story, and the official concerns are not always God's concerns. I know that God works through the weak and the powerless and the slaves, the captives. God works through those people to redeem the powerful. And I know that God and Christ have reversed the evil, unjust, death-filled order of the world. Even death itself. Truly, the stone which the builders rejected is the cornerstone of our life. And it is that message that I try to hold in mind, even when 2021 um, has already presented its challenges. And even when I know that I myself often resemble the rich man more than I do Lazarus, there is a cornerstone that I cling to, and it is Christ. I'll read our refrain one more time and then close us with a prayer. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And now we pray. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and proclaim to all people the good news of Christ's salvation that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works. Lord God, almighty and everlasting, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity, but in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the stone that was rejected, the cornerstone. Amen. Mosaic, have a blessed week, and see you next time. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. to see.
we done with that? Or do we want to do it again? I'm good. Hosea. Hello. I've got, uh, I'm Mr. Tim, and this is Miss Jess, and we have Josie with us. We're going to sing a song of worship for you this morning. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. Here we go.
Amen. Bye. Good morning, Mosaic. I have a few announcements for our community today. The first is a request for prayer for Pastor Angel, her mother, and the rest of her family. May God cover them in new mercies and grace and um, help them to slow down and not feel like they're being rushed. Um, I know Pastor Angel said that her mother is home now and they're getting into a routine, but there are a lot of decisions to be made. And Pastor Angel is there now with her mother, but soon she'll be back in Philadelphia. And I know that taking care of parents from states away is a really difficult thing to do. So let's cover that family and our dear sweet Pastor Angel in all of our prayers. The second announcement is for our service next week. Pastor Angel has asked a couple of community members to lead us through a service of grief and mourning. We're planning for that to be a service um, serving the purpose of centering and loving our black and brown peoples in our community who are mourning as their traumas were revisited uh, during the insurrection on January 6th. And so we want to, to cover those members in our community with love and grace and allyship. Pastor Angel wrote this. I ask for this service because I need this service. I need to sit and weep while members of the extended family of the human race who desire to be allies acknowledge my pain and their role in it offering in their role in it while offering comfort and protection to the best of their ability. I ask that songs of my heart language be sung, hymns the way the black church sings them. I know I'm not the only one hurting, so I hope this will be a service where many of us, particularly the black and indigenous people, can gather to mourn. I need white Christian folks to try in good faith to tend to our wounds by taking us to the throne of the Almighty God in solemn repentance for our healing. This acknowledgement, a withdrawal from being centered, and this act of centering black and brown people is so very needed. So we hope that you join us next week, 10 a.m., same time, same place, for our service of grief and mourning. Thirdly, we ask that if you have prayer requests or concerns, that you please add those to the list um, that you can find linked in the newsletter. Um, we would love nothing more than to pray for you and how you need us to pray for you and um, to do anything else you need whether that be housing needs, food, clothing, etc. Let the community surround you and love you. Um, Pastor Angel spoke with Jess Scott earlier this week, whose um, mother we were praying for. Um, she said that her mother's doing much better, though the concerns remain. So let's please keep praying for Jess Scott's mom. Um, and she thanks us for that. And finally, don't forget about our book club. Um, so Pastor Angel last week put out an invitation to read Begin Again. And um, please, please, please let us know if you want to participate but you can't get the book or you can't find the book. We'd love to help you in participating if you so want to. Um, I also will link a Google Doc in the chat. Um, it should come up as a moment. And if you go to the Google Doc, I've listed a few 
local bookstores where you can order the book through. Um, if they don't have it in stock, you can order it through them. Um, and also the, the title and the author. So we really, really hope that you join us in that discussion and reading together. So be safe this week, Mosaic community. Love each other well, take care of each other, check in on your friends, check in on your family, check in on your neighbor. Peace be with you. So this prayer is from the Booklet of Uncommon Prayer, Collects for the Black Lives Matter Movement and Beyond by Kenji Kiramitsu. Read with me, please. Healer God, whose church predates the doctrines of white supremacy by more than a thousand years, empower us with words and wisdom to confront all racial divisions sown by colonizers and cultural elites. Teach us alongside all your saints to remember our people, all people, in our bones, to stitch their hymns and heritage into our hearts. Help us each to reconnect with the cultural heritage that birthed us instead of the violent racial categories into which we have been forced. Amen.